Welcome back to the Business Doctor podcast. It's Claire Harrell here. In the second part of our private equity discussion, we're diving into the strategies that galvanize a robust leadership team for successful exits. We're also shining a light on the role of responsible private equity in modeling company culture and well-being. Buckle up as we dive into the conversation with Dan and Joe. Joe, could you share your strategies for incentivizing and supporting a sustainable leadership team, helping build that foundation for success, successful exit? Uh, yes, certainly. So one of the crucial areas to examine is the company's um, employer value proposition, and particularly around what unique aspects from the culture, what are your USP points in terms of how you can nurture and maintain existing talent, but also boost your company's appeal to attract new talent. And that's both, both vital for new hires and for potential acquisitions, without forgetting about long-term incentive plans, um, which play a significant role. Having these in place ensures that when investment does roll in, a committed leadership team is ready to stay the course and seeing the transaction through and beyond. Um, Both looking at salary benchmarking for internal and external is another strategic move to ensure companies remain competitive within the market. As Dan previously mentioned, talent management is also a significant role to play. Our recent successes from some of our financial services clients have involved implementing a performance and potential matrix. And the matrix that we developed with them helps to assess the health of the company's talent, but also um, comes up with personalised interventions that can aid in retaining and nurturing that talent. And particularly uh, around one size doesn't fit all and having personalised interventions does help. A significant advantage of using the nine grid box box model is that it also highlights the risks to the organisation and helps to weed out any poor performers who might jeopardise the transaction and the company's long term sustainability. And I I guess a question for both of you, really. What sort of um, examples do you have of those bespoke incentive plans um, for management teams in private equity based businesses. Okay, so I I think um, I think the most important thing to say here is, again, um, the beauty about a private equity solution is it should be and can be uh, tailor made to the individual situation. in simplest form, though, um, what we're looking to do is create not only the softer career aspirations and desire to build a larger company over the journey, but there's the financial incentives as well. Um, and that, of course, is linked to performance in building shareholder value through equity. Um, and then the decision to make with the senior team is how to use that equity to create incentive. Do you want to and do you want to create an incentive that's narrow and for a small group of people, or do you want to create something that can be spread more widely across a, a larger section of the business? And th- there is no right or wrong way. You have to listen to your management team and understand and what they recommend would work best for their team. Uh, you know, there are at one extreme, I've worked with a business in the creative media industry where the recommendation of the CEO was that actually the staff came to work because they just liked the work and they liked um, the, the clients. They didn't need the financial incentive. I equally work with the healthcare business where it was led by an ex-military CEO who really did 
walk his troops through the business plan and the equity incentive went all the way down to the receptionist. So every time we turned up for a board meeting, the receptionist knew what we were there for and the fact that uh, it was a successful exit created a trickle-down feel-good effect um, from top to bottom of the business. But the great thing is if PE is done well with the right partner, we can create a great incentive and career plan for the entire business. Joe, did you want to add anything? I think, yeah, to echo all of that, I think is that one size doesn't fit all in terms of interventions. And I think that in terms of managing talent, you might have some people that have got amazing performance, but don't have the potential to move on and progress further. And I think it's about making sure that your talent um, incentives or um, bespoke packages recognise that you might have valued experts that have got high performance but low potential and then you'll also have people that have got high performance and high potential and then it's about looking at career frameworks and it's about a career journey for them and what incentives you can put in place to help develop them so whether that's around coaching mentoring it's about um, progression those types of interventions Dan, how does private equity ensure the preservation of a successful business's unique success success factors? Um, well, I, 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 there's a, several layers to answering that. I think what's really important is um, making sure we are empowering the business. And if we are coming in, we're coming in to um, help um, deliver and continue to deliver on the growth within the business and you know we'd call ourselves a buy and build investor and that breaks down into supporting further acquisitions and but also building the business and supporting that organic growth so um, it's really important that we sit we continue to see the organic growth and we help empower that and that might mean um investing further in the business in building out the team at the senior level at the more junior level that might be relevant as well but i think what's really important is you know we're always looking to understand when we appraise a business what is the usp what's the special source in this company what what makes it stand out why has it delivered the growth to date and the important thing is to make sure those people who delivered that are able to do that in an unfettered way. I think it's also important to say, it feels different when private equity come on board. And I'm obviously an advocate of PE, because I think PE done well can be a very empowering thing for a business um, and for the right management team. This is where I come back to cultural fit and importantly for that management team to do their homework on the prospective PE backer as well and ask the questions about what is that group of guys like uh, in supporting growth? How do they behave when we hit challenges? Because that's really important. You know, there are, we're all grown-ups, challenges happen in businesses. But most importantly, what we're looking for are no surprises. We don't like good surprises and we don't like bad surprises. And I, that goes two ways. So we like to be very open with our management teams as well. And I think if we have a very open two-way dialogue all the way through the preliminary diligence phase of doing a deal and the lifetime of that ownership, then we've got a healthy relationship. And that's important. And we have a healthy partnership where we can talk to each other and we can react positively to opportunities when they come across and we can also react sensibly when there are challenges to overcome as well. How do you ensure people feel positive about private equity involvement and remain confident moving forward? I think that's a really good point because um, 
I understand that for some people in businesses, uh, it can feel quite nerve-wracking. You know, private equity have got involved. What does that really mean? And I think it's important that we convey our message to the people in the business that we are there as a growth partner. We we are there to support and develop growth. And hopefully, the involvement of a private equity investor is seen by um, a team as an endorsement to the quality of the business that they have got and helping them take the business to the next level uh, and the next stage of the company's journey. Joe, got anything to add to that? Yeah, I guess probably as a ex-chief people officer, I think the importance of um, continually reviewing your engagement levels within the organisation is really important as that uh, private equity and that relationship develops. I think that there's a real risk of burnout in terms of management teams. And I think that there's an opportunity in terms of really going for the resilience training, topping up energy levels and how to maintain that energy throughout that period of time. I think there's also um, real value add in terms of regular talent health checks in terms of where people are at in terms of their performance and their potential. I think there's also about, um, as a good chief people officer, you'll be looking at reviewing your succession plans to make sure that you're mitigating any risks as you move forward. And I think there's also a bit about linking back to the core values and behaviours and making sure that you're sticking to um, what you're good at in terms of as a culture. So I think that they're the watch outs, if you like, from a HR perspective around maintaining that culture and that unique selling point that they had at the beginning. With a people-centric business, does the ESG element vary based on the differing personal objectives across generations? I think that's that's a that's a fair comment, but I think ultimately, when you're backing um, entrepreneurial founder-led companies, it's important that they continue to be at the vanguard of within their industry, modern and forward-thinking and well-run and well-run from a risk management perspective as well. So you're absolutely right. There are some people who are more cynical about the ESG agenda, but you only have to look around you. It is of increasing importance and it's something that we need to address. And it's really important as part of the... um, Uh, growth within a company and its positioning within its industry it's something that they manage and they manage well it's really a differentiator isn't it i think so i think so and you you just can't ignore it and nor should you ignore it so as we conclude dan and joe could you each share your top three takeaways from this discussion maybe dan you could go first yeah with pleasure so i think my top takeaways would be for People on my side of the table in private equity never forget that the people are the most important asset in the business you're looking to support. I think for a management team, my top takeaway would be if you are talking to a number of private equity backers, it's about cultural fit and are those the people that I can work well with for the next uh, few years of my life. And I think for both parties, I'd say you are entering into a partnership. So you need to understand and appreciate that you have understood each other's aspirations perfectly well, and you are prepared to work on a basis where you can communicate with no surprises and you have an open and fluid dialogue. Yeah, so I think um, for any organisation, the top three things that I would take away is around 
prioritising employee retention because businesses interested in investment and expansion have to focus on retaining their existing teams, which is crucial for, for stability and continuity following a transaction. So for me, uh, the second one is around acknowledging and overcoming the challenges that are going to be coming ahead. Um, and I think recognising the potential hurdles before they happen is crucial. And um, there's obviously going to be some bumps in the road um, that are going to require resilience and determination from the team to overcome these issues. And then I think for me, the third one is around fostering long term incentives. It's essential to consider how to reward and incentivize employees for long term commitment and having a long term investment strategy will encourage individuals to stay the course within the organisation and be prepared for the journey ahead. And so that brings us to the end of our private equity discussion. I'm Claire Harrell, thanking you for journeying with us on this two-part series. For more gems of business wisdom, don't hesitate to visit our website and tune in to our other podcasts. We're here to keep the conversation going. So until our next chat, stay successful.